Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Welcome back to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Freya Casey. Freya Casey is a professional singer and vocal coach from Germany. She studied opera at Southern Methodist University and at the Musikschule Stuttgart in Germany, has performed lead roles in opera productions in the United States and Europe, and has been a performing artist on cruise ships all around the world. Besides having a very active career on stage, she has a passion for helping other singers find the beauty in their voice. Freya has founded the Musical Academy Tübingen, which brings a music theater show onto stage each year, and she teaches private lessons in her studio as well as online. With her tutorials on YouTube, she has reached tens of thousands of people and enjoys creating opportunities for ambitious singers to work with her. Freya is also a composer and songwriter and has produced music for commercials, movies, and CD productions. Welcome to the show today, Freya. Hey, I'm so excited to be here today. I am thrilled that you're here. I, I found you in a mutual mastermind or Facebook group that we belong to, and I could not wait to get you on the show and talk about what you do, and that is singing. Yes. So I would love to hear your story about how you got started in singing and how you took that love maybe as a child, and turned it into your now career? Well, I was actually raised in a very musical family, and I was very blessed to have parents who were very understanding of me doing music, and they always supported me. However, with the singing part, I actually never started until pretty late in life. Hmm. I started playing the piano when I was six years old, and well, actually sooner than that. I was always with my parents. They were performing artists. They were always on stage. My mom was a professional music teacher at the conservatory, and wow. she played classical guitar and the accordion, and my dad, was a, he was the singer in the family. So I could always sing, but I would never dare to sing in front of anybody. I mean, like just choir setting, yeah, but I would never let anybody know that I could actually really sing like solo style, you know, with vibrato and all that stuff. And uh, so I was kind of like the instrumentalist in the family. And later on, I studied the flute. I went to conservatory for that. And then I thought, well, I guess I'm going to have to learn something real. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, okay, I went to the school to become a travel agent. And I did that for some years and I actually finished my training, but I always knew when I was sitting in the office, this is so not my life. This is not Mm -hmm. cool. I thought in the beginning, it'd be so cool to be kind of like this business person. I thought it was so neat, like seeing all the business people on the train every morning. It's like, I'm going to be like this business person there. 
but I soon realized that it's not all that glamorous and that sitting in an office was just not for me. I suffered and I would sit there writing lyrics and my boss was totally not an artistic type and I, I was just suffering. <laughs> it like, was not fun for me. So later in life, um, when I was with my then husband, we went back to the States, which um, he wanted to go to college. And the thing is that I got a job at the university where he studied at an office. So that was really cool. I had this vocational background, so I worked at the office. And the benefit was that I could actually take six credit hours for free. So I wanted to do that, of course. Yeah. And what was I going to do? I knew I wanted to do something with music, but the piano, I had always been kind of more of a freestyler, <laughs> not really reading sheet music too well. And with the flute, it had been years and my embouchure was just totally not there anymore. And I knew I could sing. I always knew I could sing. So I just started studying voice. Hmm. And it just kind of took off from there. I'd never expected it like that, but it turned out I was really good at singing opera and classical and I won all these competitions and then I got a full scholarship at, um, at a bigger school at Southern Methodist University. Hmm. Got the lead parts and operas and stuff like that and it just just happened. So that's when I became a singer. That's an amazing story and it's so interesting that you said you came from a musical family and that was sort of what everyone did and then you wanted to do something different and I think that's just a uh, uh, the nature of children. We want to do something different than our parents do to blaze our own trails. But at the end of the day, I love that you found your way back to music. And I'm sure your parents are thrilled that you're back in music. Yes. And um, my mom is extremely happy. And my dad, unfortunately, he passed away in 1998 already. So oh, I'm sorry. He never, he never actually lived to see that I became a singer. So he never knew I could sing. But for me, it's kind of like a little bit for him too. So I know he would be very proud of me and I know he's watching me somehow and absolutely, I'm doing it for him just a little bit. Yeah, well, I would imagine too, whenever you sing, you feel him with you and, and you're able to connect with him on a different sort of level. So that's a beautiful story. I love it. So as a mom, I know that you, you face this as well that kids are pretty busy. You know, in the States anyway, it seems to be the, the normal thing for kids to do so many activities and parents become sort of their taxi service where they're going maybe from swim class to dance class to music lessons to soccer to baseball, and they're just always busy, 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 busy. What is it about singing and the arts that's so important for kids that parents should absolutely say, okay, we're gonna put soccer aside for now, for a little bit and we're going to focus on music. Well, I think that it really trains a different part of your brain that isn't really trained when you just do like memorizing things. And I've, I've been very interested in the past few years just to kind of research a little bit what does especially singing do for your brain. Mm. And it's so interesting because especially singing, it does a lot for your brain that is not, you cannot really do that with anything else because you need you need your speech you need your you know empathy emotions and you also need your logic because you have to you know be on time and count all these things get the pitch right and then especially when you're working with other musicians and that's where i find the biggest value in you know kids doing music is 
that you train yourself, first of all, to concentrate, to really focus on something, um, not just one thing, but actually focus on something where while you do it, you need to focus on many small things all at once. And then also working with others. If you want to play, you know, sing with somebody else or in a choir or play along, you know, somebody accompanies you singing you, then you always need to work with someone else, which means you have to have this symbiosis. And I think, I think it trains kids to really focus on something and especially the working with other, other people together part. I think that's a very important aspect. And I think that's not trained in schools a lot, but just because you just have this path that you're supposed to go on. But music, I think, gives you a lot of freedom just to kind of express yourself and to have your own ideas. And it's, it's never really right or wrong. You just kind of try it out and then you hear if you like it or not. And if you like it, then it's totally legit. So all that matters if somebody likes it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's great because, like you said, I think kids don't get an opportunity to really sort of express themselves in ways that are meaningful for them. You know, they memorize things at school. They have to follow the directions. So when it comes to being able to sing and really find their voice in the world and tell their story, I think there's nothing like a great arts class, whether it's a, a music lesson to sing, play an instrument, you know, learn some, some dance. Any of those things really, I think, like you said, engages their brains in a different way. And they get to let go of, I feel, some of the barriers they put up maybe during the day because they have to be just so at school. And this is the expectation. And anything outside of that is not considered um, appropriate at school. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's especially interesting is, I mean, that's, I was like that when I was a kid. I'm, I'm like that to this day, and I'm so happy that my parents were so open to everything that had to do with arts. I mean, I was into everything. I was into painting and drawing. I went to art school. They made everything possible. I went to ballet and dance. And to this day, I think this follows me around to this day, that I'm someone who I can imagine anything. It's like, I've been into so many things and I've always been supported in trying something in my own creativity to just express myself. And I can, like, you could give me anything and I could come up with something. I could have some idea. I always have ideas. I'm never stuck. And I think it's all because I was so into many arts and I was allowed to really express myself and I was supported. And, you know, my parents told me, it's great. It's not about being perfect. It's about doing it and it's about and my dad would give me he would give me um, money like he was like over the summer break well you can earn some money if you write a story or a poem I'll give you a couple of bucks so that was my incentive always just to, to do something creative he would always reward me for doing something creative no matter what it was I was into writing all these things that's such a great tip for parents too because I feel like sometimes we're always wanting our kids to do these creative things, but we're so focused on, okay, clean the room, go mow the lawn, go do these very practical things that have to get done, but we don't always allow them to be kids and to be able to reward the behavior of them being creative and problem solving and using their imagination. That's a very cool trick. I might have to try that when it becomes summertime again to really get my kids to 
really want to start using their creative brains and not just their school brains, if you will. I know that sounds strange probably to hear those two things, but I really do think that kids are, are very different in school than they are at home. And especially if they have parents who are encouraging these creative endeavors like drawing or writing or singing so that they're learning to use their brains in a very different way. Yes. And you know, I, I definitely think you, you just said the word problem solving. Yeah. I definitely think that being into the arts really helps you to problem solve, not in a prescribed way, but just to really be more creative and solving a problem in your own way. And there are always ways to do things that are maybe in a way that nobody has ever done it, but that's how anything in human history has ever been achieved to try to find a quicker, a more efficient way, way, but that only happened because somebody was allowed or maybe somebody just, <laughs> they just wanted to do it in their own way. And um, yeah, when you do music or dance or arts, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of problems on the way. Yes. I mean, until you get that straight tone and until you get that dance move just right and you can actually lift that leg, it's a long way. You have to, you have to be persistent And that's another thing, problem solving and persistence. You really learn that there is a result after putting in a lot of work. I mean, we'll see the result. And we always talk about at my performing arts school that the lessons they're learning in arts classes are not just lessons for those things. They're lessons for their whole life. And problem solving and critical thinking and being able to persevere when things get hard those three skills are going to be able to take these kids a very, very long way. Because when I look at some kids these days and they're, they're very much into instant gratification, you know, it's, it gets a little bit scary because when they want to get an answer to a question, they turn to Google, they turn to their phone, they turn to you know, something very, very quick. And I love that the arts is not like that. And it, like you said, it's about learning to learn through your mistakes. It's never going to be perfect. All we can do is practice and just get better and know that the time we're putting in during the classroom, whether they're coming to sing with you, they're coming to dance or do a music lesson with us, it's really teaching them so many skills they're going to be using later on in their lives. So I'm curious to know, you live in Germany. During the school day, is, are the arts still part of what your kids experience every day? Not as much as it used to be. I remember when I was in school, it was still a bigger part. It's not as much anymore. It's, yeah, it's being reduced all the time, which is sad. However, in Germany, the school, the school system is a little bit different. There's still a little bit more freedom in the afternoons because kids don't always have afternoon school. So it's still a lot up to the parents to do a lot of extracurricular because a lot of that is not through the schools. You have to do it just privately and it's up to you. So that's, um, yeah, unfortunately in the, in the public schools, it is getting less and less with the arts too. It's very yeah. unfortunate. And I can't, I, I'm always like, that's why I think it's so important that parents take charge and not like, you know, don't just send your kid to school and think like, okay, my child is going to learn everything it's going to need for life in school. Absolutely not. So it's right. like you have to really take charge and see, um, yeah, that your child, I think you are still the number one influencer of your child. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely correct. 
And like you said, there are some parents who think that the school should teach their kids everything about life, how to be a good person, how to do this, how to, from morals to values to character, and that's not the place of school. So like you said, the parent is the, the primary influencer, the first teacher, the most important teacher in their lives. So it's really up to us to find those activities to help our kids grow into the person that we would love for them to become. Yes. So I would love for you to tell my listeners about what you're doing today. You've really taken this notion of singing and being able to have your own voice. And you do a lot of things online, which is very, very innovative. And I would love to hear more about that. Well, what I, it's all about leveraging. And what I noticed is that I love to teach. I absolutely do love to teach. But I come from the background of being an active performing artist. That's still first and foremost what I do. I'm an active performing artist. I'm on stage all the time. However, I wanted to kind of find a way to help more people out there. And that's, I mean, I'm only one person and my studio is always full. I always have a wait list here for students who want to take lessons with me, but I can only take so many. And it actually started with some students telling me, well, that's just too bad. I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm moving away. How can I ever take lessons with you again? And so I came up with the idea of actually creating YouTube videos in a tutorial style. And that's what I started a couple years ago. And um, yeah, it's, it's grown and it, is, it has become so much fun. I mean, my YouTube channel is just kind of my number one thing that I started. I have about 12,000 subscribers right now. And then I started a podcast because I think there's people who listen to podcasts who may not watch YouTube. And it's a really fun way to connect to people. And the thing that I realized, I am learning so much myself. I'm learning so much because in the beginning, I thought, okay, how long can I be making these videos um, before I run out of content or ideas of what I, I mean, what else can I talk about? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, head voice, chest voice, breathing, support. Okay, and then what am I going to talk about? But the longer I do this and I put out three videos per week right now and one podcast, the longer I do it, the more material I get just because people ask questions all the time and I get feedback and I have a Facebook group also for, for you know, people who are interested it's amazing. I'm seeing all this talent and it's, it's just like my brain goes like 200 miles an hour all the time. It's like, oh my goodness, I have got to help these people and I want to help them become an awesome singer. And when I hear anybody sing, I'm just totally excited because I don't hear the voice with the problems that it has right now. I always hear what it can be. I hear something beautiful and it's like, oh, I so want to help this person. There's something so awesome in that voice. If they could just kind of see, hear that and envision that they are going to become such an awesome person and singer and performing artist. And that's why I started the online business. And that's amazing. And I love that you, you get, ex get so excited and animated about teaching. And, and I love that because that's to me is a, a sure sign of a, of a superb teacher because you can see that spark and you want to take that spark and make this explosion. And I just adore that because that's near and dear to my heart as well. So I want to talk about singing for just a minute because I happen to be one of those people that, you know, I don't feel that I have a great singing voice. However, I want to encourage parents and to sing with their kids and feel comfortable because I feel that singing is one of those skills, at least, you know, where I am, 
that you just don't do it when you're not a kid. Like it's something you do when you're a kid, but when you become mommy or you become a business person, all of a sudden we're supposed to shut that door and say, oh, that's only something kids do. How do we open that door again for parents and have them really accept their voice no matter what it is and teach their children to be very proud of that voice as well? Oh wow, that's 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 a huge subject that you're talking about Absolutely. right now. I could I could probably go on this for hours, <laughs> on this tangent. Yeah, because uh, it's interesting, and I've I have this in my studio all the time with my with my students. When you are young and a kid, usually you don't think about what you do. You just sing because it feels good, and it's actually it is good for you. It is proven that it's actually healthy for you to sing. And then the older you get you have these preconceptions of what it should sound like and you hear all these artists on the radio and there's this certain way it's done and then you are all embarrassed to sing in front of anybody and then this one person maybe comes along and like, well, you can't sing in tune and then you're never going to want to sing ever again because the voice is something so extremely personal. That's the difference between playing an instrument and singing because, I mean, if someone tells you you can't play the piano correctly, that's like, okay, I can fix this. but If somebody tells you you can't sing, that is so personal. It really hurts. And you're so embarrassed you never want to sing another tone. But uh, I, think, I think we need to remember how it felt like when we were kids. And I think especially for parents, it's so important to always sing with kids and not tell them how to do it, but just kind of just tell, you know, show them, show them. Like I show my daughter Of course, I'm a singer, but I don't sing like a professional singer when I sing with her. I sing totally normal, you know, just very neutral, like average person. I can just carry a tune. And that's what it's all about. And I, I think she understands that singing is just an important part of life. We sing all the time. And she, just because I've never inhibit, inhibited it, She makes up songs and she invents these stories. First, she tells me the story and then she sings it. It's like she tells me first and they're like, okay, but that wasn't a song yet. Can you make a song? And it's like, yeah, yeah, wait, now I'm going to sing it. And then she sings it with a tune and it is so cute and it's so fun. And she, it's like she is free and in that she is creative. And in that she tells a story and at the same time, she doesn't just tell the story, but she feels she connects to her emotions and whatever is going on in that story and that's why I think singing is such a great thing to do together because you connect with one another on a very emotional basis even if it's just kids song I mean we sing lullabies together all the time and she always wants to sing along and I don't stop her it's like go ahead and by the way she hates me singing like professional singer She doesn't like it she, because then it's all about me and she can't do it that way. Yeah. So she just loves me to sing along with her. And it's not about doing it in a great way. And I can, you know, I can sing opera and all that, but that doesn't interest her. It's yeah. not about that. She doesn't want to, she wasn't, she doesn't want to do that. She wants to just sing that story and that's fun. And I think we should try to do that with our kids. Yeah. And I love that too. And I remember when my daughter was in kindergarten um, she had her first kindergarten assessment and they said, well, you know, she doesn't know her address because they asked it in a really interesting way that I would never ask her like that. But it was interesting because we used song 
that night to help her learn what it was. And then the next day she was skipping to school and she could tell her teacher where she lived. And it was all because we put it to music. And when they were learning to read the same thing, I got this brilliant program. And when they were learning how to sound out the letters and to recognize them, there was this little character for every letter and the character told the story through song. So they learned how to read through song. And I think it is such a powerful way, even if we're not singers as parents, but to be able to step back and say, but this is how kids learn. It doesn't matter that I don't learn this way. My kids need this to be able to experience more joy and to be able to relate to people later on because they're, they're learning about, like you said, the emotions. They're learning about the tonality. They're learning about how to develop characters. And it seems from the outside that they're just learning a song. But behind that song, like you said, there's so much going on in their brains and making all those connections so that as they age, those connections are really going to play a pivotal role in who they become. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we actually still do learn um, a lot when we sing songs. I mean, I think the fastest way to memorize anything is really in a song. Yeah, and I, I use that all the time. If I have to remember a grocery list and I have no paper or phone or anything with me, yeah, I'll make up a little song. And I remember we used to do it all the time when I was, when, when my kids were really little, we used to just make up funny songs. And I have such great memories of doing that. And it makes me sad to think that we don't do that as much as we used to. So I think for parents listening, being able to be silly again and, and just really letting go of any of the notion of what singing should sound like and being able to step back and just experience that joy with their kids again and let them sing and just be there to support that journey. I think that's going to be a huge lesson for them. I know. And I always think we can learn so much from our children because we forget. We just forget. It's still, it's in us, but we're not allowed to. And having kids, I think it's like just watching kids. I learn so much every day just about myself and we just need to reconnect with our child. Absolutely. So if you were talking to a parent who was interested in coming to you for voice lessons, what are three things that you would tell them about taking their lessons home with them? So it's not just coming to you and you have your lesson and you go on about your week. What are three things they can do with their kids at home to really encourage them to continue learning at home? Well, I think, you know, you have this cliche in mind always about that um, Korean piano student who is drilled every week, like, or every day to practice two hours piano. Well, I think that's not really a good way because I'm a, I'm a big believer in just having free will and all that. I think it's a combination of helping your kid to understand that persistence will pay off and there is a little bit of work you have to put in and that there will be a reward that without putting in any work there will never be a reward in life so that's i think one important thing if you can you know even small successes if you take your lesson let's say on wednesday you go take your lesson and then on thursday or the best thing for me is always go home do it right away. That's usually when everybody's the most motivated right after the lesson. It's like, oh, I'm so, I did this and I had this small success and I have this new song and it's so exciting. 
go home and do it right away and ask, ask your kids, like, can you show me what you did? Like, is there anything new you learned? And just what was the most important part for me growing up with my parents is that I was always able to show them something and they were so proud of me. I think that's a huge thing to be able to present it. And then everybody telling you, that is so cool. You could not do that before. And now you can do it. My goodness, you could do something that nobody else in this family can do. And that is, I think that's for a kid. That's the most amazing feeling when you can do something that nobody else in your family can do. Yes, absolutely. So I love that, that teaching them about persistence is, again, a huge life lesson for them, that they have to keep working at something. And it's not that we have to keep bugging them all the time, but hopefully there's enough excitement built up that they can, they see those tiny successes, like you said, and then getting that support from their parents and just encouraging them at every step of the way, even if there's a challenge that arises, being able to overcome that is really such a a huge thing for them to learn. And the younger they can learn that, the better off they're going to be. Yes, absolutely. So I have a question about age for voice lessons. I know that we address this question a lot. People call and say, you know, hey, I have a three-year-old and she, she really is singing all the time and she wants voice lessons. And we sort of have to take a step back and say, okay, what's going to be the most appropriate for this child? And every child, of course, is different. What is your professional recommendation on when a child exhibits a love for singing, at what point should they be going to find a teacher? Well, I personally, I'm actually, I don't really teach young kids just because I believe in basic musicianship when they're younger. To be able to really have a singing training, you need to first of all be a little bit more grown, I think, just because your voice changes extremely, you know, a lot. Yes especially between, let's say, eight and 12 years. I mean, your voice is going to change a lot. And then again, it's going to change so much. It's going to change throughout your life, but it's, it's, it's going to have a really huge change. So, and also you have to have a really good connection to your body, which is, I think it's really hard for younger kids to really understand the, you know, what's happening inside of your body. So what I always recommend is when, let's say, the child is, younger than 10 years old. I think it makes a lot more sense to really help, you know, to be in basic musicianship, maybe learn an instrument or even sing in a choir with others because it's not about having this serious singing voice. It's about building your musicianship. And I didn't start, I had no, I didn't have a single voice lesson until I was 25 years old and I still became a professional singer. And it came so easy to me then, the singing part, just because I had done music mm -hmm. so much and I had some instruments that I played and I just knew the principles of music. That's what I re would recommend. And I usually, uh, I think my youngest student was maybe about 10 or 11, but I actually like to start maybe around 12 or so because it makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. And we... Our recommendation too is the same. We definitely want them to be a little bit older. So like you said, they have some bodily control. They understand what's happening, you know, in their throat and how to breathe properly. It's easier to teach of course, somebody who is a little bit older and is able to control those things in their bodies. So it, it's interesting because when we get calls from younger parents, I think, you know, they just see this love of singing with these kids. 
what would you recommend that they do if they have a young child who's maybe, you know, six or seven? What would be the most logical step for them to help their child develop their singing voice? Yeah, that, that, that's a word of caution that I want to actually speak out here too, because I do see some very young kids that are out there even on YouTube or something, and they're doing a lot of singing and a lot of, let's say, high impact singing, which if you don't have the proper technique, it is hard. They are doing things that are extremely hard for the voice, you know, high and loud. And that's actually not how a child would sing, you know, if, if they didn't think I would have to sound like this adult person there. And I think you have to remember that a child should sing like a child. And if you're an adult, it's like you would never think of putting a six-year-old child in the gym lifting weights. It's just, it's not healthy. And it's the same for the voice. I think it's not healthy to do these really high impact things on your voice when the child is really young because it's very delicate. So you don't want to do any damage so if your child loves to sing, I would totally support that in, you know, just listening and, and letting, letting them, I mean, I think a choir setting is perfect just because they don't have to be extremely loud and they're not pushed to do anything very extreme and they could just kind of listen to the others. But I, I would really be careful um, not to have my child sing anything that is adult style just because the demands on the voice are just too high. And just, I think, having a love and just singing whatever they love most, I mean, that, I think that's the best way you can support your kid. And you brought up, that was a great analogy about taking the six-year-old and putting them in a gym. And I think for parents, we don't always think about it like that. We just want to help them and we want them to achieve. So we just do what we think is the next logical step. But if we take a step back and say, oh, yeah, we would never take our six-year-old and, and put on the weights and have them do bench presses. That would not even be something we would think about that. So I love that, this analogy, because the voice is like that. They're a kid, and it needs to develop in the proper way, and it should not be pushed beyond what it's capable of, because that could really adversely affect what they can do in the future. Yes, Absolutely. You don't want to do any damage when you're young. Absolutely, absolutely. So I would love for you to, to share where my listeners can find out more about you and hear your incredible voice. Where can they go to, to do that? Oh, thank you. Well, probably the best place to hear and see me would be YouTube. So just search for Freya Casey. That's F-R-E-Y-A-C-A-S-E-Y. And um, then, of course, there's my website, Fryas singingtips.com, always with a hyphen. Those are probably the places you can find me best. Perfect. And I know you do a, a weekly podcast, and these are little tips that they could take with them and do anywhere. So where can they find the podcast? Yes, just it's called Fryas uh, Singing Tips, the podcast. Okay. And it's on iTunes, everywhere actually, where you can just find podcasts. Just search Great. for that. You'll find me. Awesome. Yes. And listeners, just go check this out. And if you're, if you have an older child who's interested in singing lessons and there's not somebody in your immediate area, connect with Freya, send her an email, watch her videos, have, their, have your kids watch the videos. And there's so much good information to be learned there. And Freya, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. 
I cannot wait for my listeners to connect with you and really help their children develop their voices in a, in a very appropriate way so that when they get older, they can do amazing things like you've done and really you know, be on a mission to change the world one voice at a time. I love it. Oh, thank you so much, Young. I totally appreciated talking with you because that is there's some issues that are dear to my heart. Well, thank you again for your time, and I look forward to connecting with you again very soon. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share us with a friend and head on over to iTunes and leave us a review there and let us know you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more tips on raising smart kids, head to Amazon.com and pick up a copy of my first book, Raising a Superhero, How to Unleash Your Child's Eight Superpowers and Propel Learning Through the Arts. Thanks for allowing me to be your guide on this parenting adventure, and I look forward to catching you next time.